This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Ringgit and Sense is powered by Sun Life Malaysia. BFM 89.9, good morning. This is Ringgit and Sense, the show all about personal finance and I'm Mo Heng Ying. As we draw close to the end of Lunar New Year and begin tallying our Ang Pao Hall, not forgetting that Raya is happening in less than two months, are there opportunities to teach the younger generation some financial lessons with this windfall money? And is the I'll put it in the bank for you method truly the most effective money lesson? Joining me to discuss this is Nalisa Surya, project lead at Aarhus Academy. She's in charge of designing and running youth financial literacy programs. Good morning, Nalisa. Hi, good morning. Nice to meet you. So in many households, money is not a common discussion. So when and how should guardians or teachers even initiate conversations with the younger generation about the value of money? Um, I believe it should start as soon as possible. So parents know best uh, about their child's growth and development. I think money conversations don't always have to be serious or scary. It can look like, um, you know, giving them opportunities to select groceries with us, for example, um, and then talking about why some of these choices are more or less expensive than others. Um, Often, I think kids can't see yet how difficult it is to earn the money, but they see how easy it is to spend and also how good it feels right to spend it so when they do experience the hardship of earning um, either you know by completing chores receiving um, a reward for uh, good exam marks for example um, in our programs as well we complete challenges to earn money and when they realize how much effort they need to put in that's when they start to really care about how they spend and then we are still celebrating Chinese New Year Raya's in less than two months with this cash giving tradition. How can guardians use this windfall money to teach some financial literacy? So I think there are lessons that can be taught um, pre-Ang Pao, during getting the Ang Pao and also post um, receiving the Ang Pao. So firstly, I think kids can be taught to have a goal even before they get their Ang Pao. Um, similarly to how we as adults, we have financial goals. Kids can also start having financial goals, for example, wanting to buy a new bicycle, a new game console. Um, I think humans in general, we thrive when we have something to look forward to. And the same goes with what we want to do with our money. Um, and then teaching kids the meaning behind receiving um, and getting them to think about the cultural values, um, the technical skills um, in the form of an income. You know, So what, what is an income? What do we say when we uh, receive the ang pao? And then what do we do after? Um, on the day, it can sort of be like an assessment where you observe your child and then, you know, you, you see what they do and how they behave. Um, and then not forgetting like post Ang Pao. So now that you receive all this money, right, we can reflect on what, what just happened. You know, how do you feel? Um, why do you feel that way? And also going back to our goals, um, how we discuss and talk about money is also just as important um, in shaping our money habits. So um, when it comes to Ang Pao's especially, I think it's very important to remind that it's not in the value of how much we got, but also um, in the gesture and the whole coming together as a family. I now have flashbacks where my relatives make me say three wishes, five wishes before they give me my ang pao. Also, one thing that always happens is when uh, my parents will just take my ang pao and then they say, I'll put it in the bank for me. Uh, then that's the last I heard of it. I know you're not a personal financial planner, but are there different ways guardian can guide their children in how they utilize this money to maximize learning potential? So I definitely share a similar experience. Uh, my parents will also say to me that they would put this money in the bank. And then, um, you know, I don't see anything wrong with that. But what I do think is um, is needed is 
or what would be helpful is to actually talk about like why we're putting it in the bank. First of all, what even is the bank, right? Mm. Um, you know, it's a place where we keep our money safe. And then how do they keep our money safe? How is it different from putting it under our pillow, for example? Mm. Um, I imagine it would be fun to also take that trip to the bank together. Um, I know a lot of things have gone online, but I do I do see a lot of value in sort of going to the bank together. That also means creating the account for them, having them be part of that process of saving their money um, and watching it grow from time to time. I remember um, already having a bank account at 12 years old and you know it made a world of difference for me. Uh, it gave me this sort of added responsibility knowing that, okay, this account is mine and I can put money in it and I can mm. watch it grow. Um, and I do think these are the experiences that sort of help shape their financial habits early on. What about investing? Putting it in a bank is about compound interest. Uh, investing mm. is about growing it. What are the methods to educate them? Should we? Should parents be involved in rewarding them? Definitely before talking about investing, I do think it'll be good to talk about risk and reward first. Mm. So, you know, what, what does re, uh, risk mean? What does a reward mean? Um, how can we be risky with our money? How do we get rewards with our money? And then sharing that investing is a way of using our money to get more money, which is that reward that we were talking about. But how exactly does this work, right? So when we cover the basics, so things like, you know, what a bank does, uh, where does our money go when we put it in the bank, then I think um, we can start talking about ASB, for example, and how it's similar to a bank, but also different, right? And then how is it different? Um, I remember like when I was 13, my, my dad was sort of, um, share this piece of news and then he's actually talking about like the ASB dividends announcement right and then naturally I'll be like well, like what are dividends like what even is ASB um, and I realized that when we teach kids about money um, it's really all about breaking it down into these much smaller concepts um, and they most likely have heard of these things and it's it, it makes it much easier to to grasp for them um, so when you master the foundations of, of these things, then you're able to sort of dive deep, uh, into the bigger stuff like investing and to do it smart and to do it well uh, without having to sort of um, wanting to like get rich quick, but more like doing it uh, the smart way. You mentioned about dividends and breaking down concepts. I've been collecting ang paos for a while now and the amount finally does not seem to follow the theory of inflation. Is this also an opportunity to teach economic theories? So this is a very funny question. Um, and I do think it's not so much about economic theories, but more cultural values, I'd say. Um, mm. I think it'd be fun to sort of ask kids um, to imagine what um, what it would be like if they were to sort of give out ang paos, right? Um, how much would they give out? You know, I'm curious to know how much would they give out? Um, they might just shout out a number, but actually, you know, there's a lot that goes into um, thinking about how much to give, I imagine. And, you know, how many people are we giving to? Um, you probably got to count like the number of cousins you have, for example. How much can we spare? Can we really afford to give everybody the same amount? Um, and I think this uh, can teach kids to really appreciate the giver as well. Uh, I imagine it takes a lot of not just, you know, calculation, but also like mental capacity to decide how much we genuinely want to give um, and to sort of give kids that imaginary experience of being the giver, I think um, that gives them an interesting opportunity to learn what it's like. You talk about uh, learning the joy of being a giver. What about using it for charity? Can this be used as an opportunity to teach the joy of sharing then? Most definitely. So when it comes to giving, I think um, in, when it comes to separating your 
um, accounts as well, how much money you have, deciding how you want to um, um, divide up the money that you've had uh, received. So how much would you want to give? How much would you want to spend? And how much would you want to save? So I think um, going back to how money doesn't have to be a serious or scary topic, mm. it can also be for fun. And there is a lot of things we can learn from giving as well. Um, you know, how you feel when you give and and uh, what it means to sort of give uh, to people who need it more than you do. I've been speaking to Nalisa Surya, project lead at Arus Academy on how guardians can use Ang Pao money or do it right to educate on money matters. We'll be taking a short break for some messages. When we come back, how do we teach them that money doesn't fall out of the sky? Don't go anywhere, BFM 89.9. Stay tuned for Ringgit and Cents, powered by Sun Life Malaysia. Welcome back. You're tuned in to Ringgit and Sense. I'm Mo Heng Ying. On the line with me is Nalisa Surya, Project Lead at Arus Academy. Before the break, we discussed ways to use Angpao money or Durit Raya to impart some financial lessons. Now we just want to discuss on a broader sense how we can do better in teaching the value of money. So, Nalisa, in the world of personal finance, we always talk about delayed gratification. It is crucial for financial success. How do we impart that? How do we help them to regulate their impulses in a way that promotes positive financial behaviour? So, I do think it's very helpful to point out the differences between um, wants and needs when making choices. So, explaining that there are things that people need. For example, all of us need um, nutritious food, we need water, we need shelter, clothing... Um, and these are things that keep us healthy and safe. Um, there are also things that people want. Sometimes we want to buy an extra thing like a toy or a special snack. And those extras are probably not as important as the things we need. And it's okay if we have to wait to get them mm-hmm. or probably choose not to get them at all. But most importantly is to go back to our goals. Um, so when we finally achieve them, you know, it doesn't and it shouldn't end there. We probably have to like have a debrief and talk about how the experience was like to save up for it. How long did it take for us to save up? Um, how did we get here? How much effort did we put in now that we have the thing that we really wanted? How does it make us feel? You know, was it worth it? Often we forget to reflect on these experiences and we miss out on a teachable moment. And parenting nowadays is really hard, especially with social media. We see kids witness displays of wealth from their peers or even from strangers. How has social media complicated financial education within households and even in schools? Um, It's definitely a source of peer pressure. So for me, when I was a kid, I'd only feel it when I went to school um, and I saw other kids have what I didn't. But now I think um, if I was a kid now, um, I might feel it every day, every minute that I'm on my phone, on social media. Mm. Um, But the good side to that, I think, is that I'll have my parent with me when I'm on my phone now. So um, I think that also means that my parent is there to guide me. Mm. and, And these moments can sort of be that learning opportunity for them although it will be hard. So it could potentially be a chance to introduce them to the concept of like keeping up keeping up with the Jonases, for example. Um, it's when we um, see what other people have and we, we do something to show them that we also have it rather than to, to do it because we really want to do it. So just being able to dissect that concept with them, um, share with them, you know, what are the reasons why we really want to get something, uh, talking about how we feel behind all these impulses. You know, mm. when, when you say you want something, like, do you really want it? Or like, do you just want it because other people want it, because your friends want it? Um, and if that is really the case, like, why is that? Um, and I think it's worth sort of just talking uh, talking through that thought process with them mm. rather than going straight into buying it because someone else has it, right? Um, 
I think it's a good opportunity as well to teach them that the things you own actually shows you how much money you no longer have. Mm. Um, and I think that's something difficult to to grasp. Usually we like to own things because it shows other people like, oh, we have this thing, but it's actually money that we no longer have, right? Now that I'm an adult, I really am very grateful for the times that my parents say no to me when I want something because it has really taught me um, what I need versus what I want and that money doesn't fall out of the sky. But in the meantime, how much of this financial literacy, good financial habits is a matter of monkey see, monkey do? What are the examples of responsible modelling? So it definitely helps to see someone else do it. I think um, Mm -hmm. we have this culture of um, being afraid to make mistakes, wanting to minimize mistakes as much as possible um, with the fear of looking dumb. Um, And I think kids especially, it's a lot of first experiences for them. Um, And so in terms of modeling behavior, it would be really great and really helpful, I think, to share these experiences together. Uh, For example, visiting the bank together, right? Um, experiencing the process of taking that number and then like being at the bank means having to keep our voices down Mm. to ask questions to the bank people when we don't know things it's okay to show them that you know we don't have all the answers and this is how we want to learn and this is how we make these mistakes early so we learn from them early Um, it can also look like creating a tabung together Mm. whether it's physically or digitally and then we share the experience of sort of putting money together in that tabung. It can also be creating a budget together, learning to stick to it. And I think it can especially um, be done when we sort of go to the grocery store together and then we have this list, right? And then we show them what it's like to only buy the things that are on this list. If it's not written down, you don't buy it. And and then, and then you know, they're probably going to like, pick something and it's not on the list, right? So then how do you go about Mm. having that conversation? Okay, this wasn't in the list, but like, how do we plan for it better? Um, How do we say no to um, not buying this thing, Mm. right? So so all this, I think, comes with that learning experience, um, making those mistakes. And then, um, you know, next thing you know, they'll pick up these habits on their own because they've seen us do it, uh, they've done it with us, and now they're okay to do it themselves. Mm. Uh, Whenever I put extra things that are not in the list into the supermarket cart. My mom always told me money doesn't fall out of the sky. How do we teach them the value of hard work and uh, money? Mm, Definitely. So I I do think that's something kids um, might only learn later on, right? When they Mm. start sort of earning. Because as a kid, um, a lot of things are sort of given to them. But I do think that's where the conversations that come before we buy that thing is really important. So explaining to them, you know, like how much this thing costs or or even making it fun for them to see how, how long um, a certain amount can last. So for example, mm. um, getting them to buy their own lunch or, or food, um, giving them say 20 ringgit, right? And seeing how much that can actually last. Um, often I hear, you know, kids feel like, oh my God, 20 ringgit is already so much. This can last me forever. Only to realize that like, it can only last you for like one meal at lunch. So I think giving them that experience of spending it and seeing how much um, or how long it can last, then they realize like, oh, okay, actually I need to learn how to sort of um, spend this wisely. When we talk about spending it wisely, how do we strike a balance between teaching the younger generations the value of money, but also that money isn't everything? The balance is quite hard to achieve, right? I agree. Um, And I do think even as adults, um, this this concept of sort of spending within your means, right? Mm. Because everyone's means are different. And I think this comes back to sort of reflecting on, um, first of all, your money personality mm. and also 
um, the kinds of things that you want. So your money personality can often determine how much you save or spend. You know, are you okay to sort of live a really frugal life, for example, or are you, or do you enjoy much more like lavish things, which is perfectly fine as long as you realize that you are that kind of person. Um, and then when it comes to sort of um, spending it, right, when you say spending it within your means, um, you might already have a list of preferences, but you might be influenced by the people around you. Mm. So being really aware about um, who you're with and, and what are the decisions that you're making? Are you really buying that cup of coffee because your friend bought it or, or do you really enjoy coffee and you kind of need it for work, right? And are you able to sort of say no and to not sort of live live to that peer pressure that you're feeling? On a separate note, some families could be experiencing some financial issues right now at at some point even and the adults always think that you shouldn't be so candid with them because they will just worry. But not disclosing it could also strain the financial situation. How transparent should guardians or parents be? And are there any ways to discuss money problems with the younger generation without causing extra anxiety? I think transparency is very important. Um, and I do believe that kids really appreciate knowing that their parents trust them with important information. Mm. Um, they can be clear on what exactly the situation is, maybe you know how we got there, what are some things that we have in mind as a solution, um, what's being done to currently solve it, and you know what is expected or not expected of them. So we don't want them to mm. think, you know, like, oh, we we need help, so you gotta like do this and that. I think being very clear about what exactly is happening and and what um, how we're feeling about it, uh, which I do think is uh, the more important part, right? Often we forget to talk about, so we talk about all the facts, right? But then we don't talk about how do we feel about the situation mm. and how do they feel about the situation, giving them sort of that space to share how they're feeling. Because at the end of the day, I think um, money is never just about money. It's about, you know, all the values behind how we behave when we have it. And especially when we don't have it, um, it's about our surroundings, about our upbringing, our peers. Um, it's about all the things that influences whether we realize it or mm. not. And um, all of this is worth talking about and should be talked about. Um, and it will be uncomfortable. I do think it will be very uncomfortable, but... I do think these um, difficult conversations need to happen. And the more we do it, the better we get at it. And then we'll be better off for it, especially as a family. That's all the questions I have for you. Thanks so much, Nalisa. Thank you. That's all the time we have for Ringgit and Sense. I've been speaking to Nalisa Surya, project lead at Aros Academy. Join us again next week for more discussions on personal finance. We have the 10 a.m. news bulletin coming up next, followed by Enterprise. I'm Mo Hanging from The Morning Run, BFM 89.9. Ringgit and Sense was powered by Sun Life Malaysia. Insure to ensure today. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.